0: Maybe I'll uh, spend the rest of my life like chasing remote semi remote places to live where I don't have to deal with the modern world and um, but at the same time I feel some obligation to make some sort of or to attempt to make some sort of change.
1: folks, welcome to Painting Pictures. I'm Gabriel Roberts and I want to say thank you very much for opening your ears to what I have to say on this uh, particular day or night or whatever point of time you happen to be inhabiting right now. I've got a great episode for you today. It's with my good friend and Another artist, his name is John Moses Girdler. He's a very interesting chap. He currently resides in Kazakhstan. We had a conversation via Skype that went on for about two hours. And we could have gone on longer, but we we cut it off. And what I'm doing here on the podcast is actually splitting the conversation into two parts. And I'm going to give you the fur the second part first, which it's this is an artistic decision that I'm making uh the second part is where John and I start to um, talk about bigger things. The first part we talk a lot about John's past because i I know really or I knew really next to nothing about his past, and I sort of drilled him on the um, salient points of his childhood. And I think you'll find that part much more interesting once you uh, hear John expound on larger ideas with me. So that's that's how this is going to work. This episode is called Dastrahan which is an awesome word. Uh, you'll get the definition near the end of the episode. And the uh, other episode is called Kentucky Roots. I'm going to release that a little later in the week as a, something of a, a simple bonus episode. Uh, so for those of you that enjoy this and want to go back and, and learn a little bit more about John's past, that'll be, uh, that'll be the ticket. Um, this podcast, our sponsor for the podcast today, is Warbur Brothers' new picture, Pir- uh, Privet Warrior. Uh, Privet Warrior tells the story of one man whose passion and courage inspires a people in their fight against privets. Uh, Privet Warrior opens in select theaters uh, this summer. And we've got an audio clip from the movie um, that I'm going to play in the in the break, in the middle of this episode. Announcements. Uh, the usual, the website for the podcast is gaberobertsart.com. Forward slash podcast. There you'll find all the episodes and you can stream them. If you go to gaberobertsart.com and check out my blog, you'll find more in-depth pages on each podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, please send me an email. The email address is gabe Robertsart at gmail.com. That's about it. I I was going to do something else here, or read you a story or tell you something funny, but the truth is uh I'm kind of tired right now and I've been working on this darn thing all day. I had to run around in the bushes to, for part of it. And so that really took it out of me. And also it's getting hot. It is getting hot, and that will sap a man's energy. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And without further ado, without further ado, and without further ado, I give to you John Moses Girdler. the global perspective.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, you know, we have the privilege of being aware of all sorts of wonderful and terrible things happening all over mm-hmm. the, the globe. Um, how do you feel about it all? Do you feel, uh, do you feel scared of, of, of how things are going? Or do you feel Excited? Do you feel apathetic?
0: That's a difficult one.
1: Maybe a, a bit of, or or maybe another way, a good way to start is how much. I mean, you're obviously you've you've moved yourself over to another part of the world, so you're obviously interested in what's going on in another part of the world. Are yeah. you like into staying up on news? Um, are you into sort of finding out the truth about you know what's what has happened in the past?
0: Um, mm-hmm. i i i would say i'm i'm definitely interested in exploring different perspectives
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: and maybe different perspectives on a shared idea um mm-hmm. and that's that's been that that's absolutely um that's absolutely something i'm interested in but as far as i'm very apathetic towards politics mm-hmm. uh, I don't have a lot of interest in politics. It's I, I would I would I don't know. I, I would even go so far as to say I have a very negative view of politics in general. I do too. Um but I don't know, I have a very negative view of politics in general, but to some degree I'm I'm forced to stay up with it because people as as the resident American right, that most sure. of my Interact with I. I definitely get asked more about politics and my opinion on things than I have ever been before. Yeah, Um,
1: is there a sense like I have a sense that the American people are sort of enslaved by a a corporate oligarchy? You know that. that we're, our interests are not really being represented, like the people's interests. It's really like the interests of, of a very wealthy few. And that's my impression of it. Um, is there... I wonder... Are, are, do you have that impression? And, and do people... Uh, do people over there have that impression that maybe like what they see in like Barack Obama, like maybe we don't all support him?
0: Like is that I think there's a there's a very there's a very limited view of at least for the most part there there are exceptions um some of my some of my closer friends are more politically savvy but for a general perspective I think people people generally um don't have that same view especially here uh they they have a democracy of sorts um Mm -hmm. but I think here, they view the American system as more democratic, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they believe that it represents people more, mm-hmm. and I, I've actually, I've had discussions, I'm, I'm more of the mindset with you when it gets down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, certainly
1: I, we have the potential, I mean, our system was set up to, to potentially work quite well to represent us, it just has sort of gotten commandeered.
0: Yeah, there's, you know, a little bit of corporate piracy never hurts anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so there, there, I don't think there's a full, for the most part, there's not a full view of the American political system and how it works right. and what it does. There's some, there's some awareness. Um, we actually have a, we actually have a pub cafe thing on one of the main drags of town called Obama, um, <laughs> which is, Filled full of pictures of Obama. Um, So Obama's fairly well liked here, actually. Um, He's really well liked and respected. Um, But uh, yeah, it's sort of a mixed amount of education, and there's definitely, uh, they have, you know, they have spin doctors to spin the news just the same that we do. Um, And so. It's uh it's sometimes interesting to see with the, how things are reported locally and how they're reported in the US yeah. from all the different factions and trying to figure out what the truth is in the middle of all of that. So. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's a I mean it's a life's pursuit if you really it's overwhelming to me and I pretty early on I guess let go of trying to like, I mean, I think for a little while I'd like, be like Oh, I should go, you know, read the New York times and like, you know, I, I stay up on news and all that, but it's, it's a lot of work, man. There's so much shit going on and there are so many, um, awesome. different <laughs> sources. And, um, I feel like for me recently, it's been more about kind of diving inward and, Trusting that if I'm, if I am going to make a difference, it's got to start by kind of establishing my own sovereignty and, and awareness and and power. And then, you know, maybe I can go out and, and make some changes, but, um, I've kind of let go of, of like, trying to stay up on things or figure out what's really going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and I, I would, um, I, I, yeah, I would pretty well agree with that too, and I definitely think it is it is crucially important to know yourself before you try to exert anything outward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and so, you know, so that happens earlier for some than others. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say I definitely don't know myself to an extent where I would feel like I would be adequate to do that. Um, I I keep up with random things, mm-hmm. but I. I Say that I keep up with the U.S. political situation or world news, other than bits that filter through or something yeah. that piques interest. Um, yeah. I definitely stay more abroad with uh, different development, interesting developments in technology or the arts than I yeah. would with political crises or, or situations. Um, but back to back to what you said about N-Word, it just reminded me of. I, so I took actually the. Um, the first time I went up to Chautauqua, I, I was back in Kansas volunteering for a couple weeks at the same camp, and I took a Greyhound from Kansas up to, uh, Chautauqua, up to, uh, close to Chautauqua, up to Erie. Um, and I just remember I was sitting next to this old, this old guy, and he was like the Quentin, I love blues music, and so this guy was just awesome to me, because he was just like, the quintessential image of like the American blues man, and oh. so he older black guy with a kind of scraggly beard, he had a leather fedora on and mm. just sort of you know he looked he was definitely he was definitely aged but not brow beaten by the world, and so we got we were sitting next to each other on the bus and we started talking and um Eventually got to this. He, he asked me, you know, Are you seeing anyone? Are you dating anyone? Mm-hmm. Are you married? Um, and we got we got round to this, and I told him no. And he he told me he eventually told me that he thought that was a damn good thing because <laughs> um, he he said that you know he cheated on every one of his first three wives. Ooh. He hadn't cheated on the last one, but he cheated on all of his three first wives because he didn't realize who he was before wow. he went into relationship. And wow. so he was trying to find himself through these relationships. Yeah. And then when he find it, started looking somewhere else. Yes. Um, And, and he ended up telling me that he never felt guilty and he, you know, long, he never felt guilty in, he rationalized it a lot of different ways, but the, the time he felt the most guilty about cheating on someone was he cheated on his, he cheated on his guitar. He didn't have his guitar, someone asked him to play a gig, and he used someone else's guitar rather than go home and get his. Um, and he said he felt the most guilty with that, and and felt the most guilty about that because he understood who he was as a musician and could relate to the music, but he couldn't relate to other people yet at that time, Hmm. properly, fully. And so, and he said, you know, after, this was back in his late 20s, somewhere mid-late 20s, and, you know, after that, he decided to take a break from chasing chasing tail, as he put it, and uh, he said that, you know, after... After a few years of really thinking, diving into the music and understanding himself through the music more, that he uh he really got a better perspective for who he was yeah. and married a fourth time in his early thirties and hasn't hasn't wanted to according to him hasn't wanted to look at another woman or been tempted to sick
1: Cool. That's fantastic. I that's so interesting that he didn't feel guilty about the cheating because it was almost like maybe he was doing the best he could in that situation.
0: Like yeah. He just I, didn't I, have,
1: whereas with the guitar, he, he knew better. He, he knew that he, he should go home and get,
0: get the other guitar. Yeah, I got that same sort of sense. Yeah. So are you seeing anybody? I'm not. No, it's, I, I'm keeping my mistress of the arts and uh, mistress of the arts and the cold Siberian winter in between, trying to survive those two. I'm I'm keeping my head above water, but not much else.
1: And are are you freaking out about finding a, a good girl before they're all taken?
0: No, not, not absolutely, at all? not at all. That's great, man. That's
1: great. What
0: about what about you, Mr. Gabe? How's the uh, how's the life of the Gabe?
1: Good man. Today was today was magical. I planted some um I planted some beet and carrot seeds on Tuesday morning.
0: Nice. And
1: nice. today being Thursday, I spotted the first sprouts already.
0: That's awesome. That's Isn't a that? really That's really fast.
1: In 2 days and we had a, a thunderstorm last night and so I was worried that they were going to get washed out but they're coming up. So I'm feeling more, I'm feeling, I mean, we had a little garden when I was a kid, but then we didn't for most of my memory. And, um, we just kind of started one recently and I've, that it was sort of mysterious to me. Um, but I love getting the feeling of like going out and sort of you just kind of start poking around and like, you know, we have a little compost pile and, uh, we've got a few plants going and it's like, you know, pull the weeds, kill the slugs. And then like, oh, like you, you start noticing like the baby plants coming up and, and the birds, man, we've got the, these mockingbirds around here that are so beautiful with their songs. And yeah, it's springtime. So they're like going off all day long, especially in the morning and the evening. So it's, it's like a little, I've, I'm like in a little slice of paradise and I'm, I'm, it's been so rewarding to like sink in and we've been repainting, uh, rooms and like clearing out spaces and building shelves and.
0: Uh, yeah. Like was, I, I don't know. I absolutely agree. It's, it's great just to be outside and see, see this, like this, the sort of slowness and speed with how things bloom and come to life. Yeah. Absolutely awesome.
1: A little connection to the connection to the land. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, it, you, you're, you're getting it more. Do you, I mean, you don't ever, you don't feel like you're, you're going to stay over there. You, you feel like home is still back here.
0: I, I wouldn't know. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I've, I've been, fairly I would consider myself fairly rootless for quite a while. Yeah, that's
1: true. You've been a Um, roamer.
0: Yeah. And so uh I've been fairly rootless for quite a while. And so I wouldn't consider home here. I think my my time here is definitely coming to a close. Um I've got I've got a couple months before I head back to the States for a for a swing and uh i I'm not sure i definitely i'm not done traveling for sure but i don't I don't know that i'm gonna be coming back this way um- mm-hmm. I, I miss sort of because of while I've gotten involved with some of the artists here and know some people here it's uh i definitely miss the sort of community the the community sense that i felt especially in uh, college and mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. um and so uh I don't know I, moving moving on probably and yep. uh thinking about where to go and uh do you got, see
1: on the horizon a time where you you put down roots and make babies or you don't make ah, babies you you know you trigger the making of babies
0: or that's yeah, well, i i don't think i make babies in a way you know <laughs> interesting experiment but uh um i i don't know I've never really had a Solid interest to be a breeder, um, <laughs> <laughs> as coarse as that may sound. I've never really had that great interest in being yeah. a breeder.
3: Yeah, it's no, that's
0: well, that's fair. And uh, I don't know. I've got a one of my really close friends from school has uh, two sons, and I'm kind of uncle godfathery yeah. to them and. I definitely love them to death, and love getting to spend time with them, and you know, harass them and send them random things from the other side of the world. But yeah. you know, so I also like that I can hand them back and say, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do my own thing for a few days, have fun. Um, so I, I don't know. I well, I I would like to maybe someday be a father. I don't know, I don't know that I have a. Uh, the compulsion—I don't know—I could—I could definitely see being a mentor through some other capacity. Need, mm-hmm. and I just—I don't know—the the responsibility of having a child of my own is pretty, pretty huge. I feel like I might, you know, in a year or two, I might have worked up to the point where I feel like I'm responsible enough to have a pet, something other than a fish. Mm-hmm. And maybe give that a trial run. Like if I can raise a dog or a cat without too many hitches, then maybe consider children. Um, yeah, it's but it's daunting. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: especially in the way
3: that
1: I, the way that it's done. I mean, to do it well these days, I don't see a lot of what I what I want in in terms of raising a family. I see a lot of like people. Sort of making a lot of money so that they can, um, so that they can buy nice things for their kids, have a nice house for their kids, drive a nice mm-hmm. car to pick their kids up, get their kids into nice schools.
0: But that... they only ever see their kids from the drive from home to school or soccer practice or whatever. So,
1: yeah, and it's it's fucking hellish. It's like you're holding together this your little family ship in the raging waters and you have to like be so careful to you know keep it contained and keep out bad influences and so i definitely i don't have interest in like getting to the point where i can i can do it like that you know like i you know or like trying to have a career where i i have a stable job and then i can buy a house and then i'm ready you know but I want instead. I want to just change the whole world so that uh, so that it'll be really
0: fun to raise kids. Well, sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I may be a bit more of the. Uh, I, I've got this. I fight with this constant desire where if I ever were to put down roots, um, I I would I would honestly I would love to be a hermit. You know, I would love mm-hmm. to like run some type of retreat center, maybe, Mm -hmm. occasionally have people come to, like, make a retreat, but, um, it's, I don't know, the, the modern world sometimes I feel decidedly out of place in it. Um, recently security cameras and sort of infrared cameras have gotten more popular here, and, you know, I sort of had this, straight thought while I was walking the other day that, you know, when I can't walk down a block without having four cameras on me, like I feel like, I feel, I just feel like uh, it's time to move on. (laughs) Maybe Uh I'll spend the rest of my life like chasing remote, semi-remote places to live where I don't have to deal with the modern world and um but at the same time I feel some obligation to make some sort of or to attempt to make some sort of change. And so yes. it's it's definitely that, you know, it's that trying to find the the balance, yes. the acceptable balance between what I can personally do and what I uh, what I can personally do and what I'm comfortable with doing and trying to find some sort of middle ground between my own desire and my obligation.
1: That's it, man. That's it. Because it is, there is work to be done. Yeah. But, um, part of our job is to stay alive and and vital and and connected to the earth. And you talk about being a hermit and, you know, I imagine you out somewhere spending hours just communing with nature basically. Right?
0: Yeah. I'd be down. I'd absolutely be down with that. Working in a garden and, you know, working in a garden, tending, tending things. And that would, that would be absolutely awesome. Honestly, that,
1: that kind of fills, that kind of fills you up.
0: Yeah. It's, then... it's definitely, I'm, I'm definitely on the introvert scale of things. I need, I need my alone time to get some energy back.
1: Uh, I, think we all, I think we all are. Although of course there are, there are people that are more extrovert. I mean, I think of people swimming in the sea of, of, of cities, you know, in San Francisco or LA or something. And, some people really do thrive on it. It's almost like being for like on a different place in the food chain or something.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. (laughs) I definitely, I, I struggle to understand. I definitely enjoy being around people, but it's, I can't, I can't do it all the time. I, I gotta, I gotta be able to sit and just not be around it. And the people who just, the people who just thrive in cities, and it's like the the heartbeat of the city is like this battery pumping them. Yeah. I I definitely I think they're almost a different species. Yeah, I don't
2: know. yeah,
1: I think so too. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how things like I in the future. I think there will definitely be cities, and I think there will definitely be you know farms, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they both develop.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, and I, I, I think you know, but I'm a big fan of big fan of sort of dystopian and uh, sci-fi literature, and so l- literature might be a little bit steep to call it literature. <laughs> um, I, I, I really like this dystopian films, dystopian books, um, and sort of the, these different for the different portrayals of society and how society, develops. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting and really compelling for me to try to think about um, what what these things look like. Like are there any portents in society today that sort of are hints at how things might develop. And uh, I don't know one of my one of my favorite authors is Harlan Ellison who is writing about I mean, some really hardcore dystopian things. Like, and it's, now it doesn't seem so intense, but if you think about it, he was writing it. He was writing back in the 50s and 60s. Oh, and, wow, yeah. Um, that sort of era, and just these great, awesome stories that show humanity and humanity trying to survive at a point where society had just tried to beat any traces of it out of people. Um, traces of humanity? Yeah, you know... Um, this idea, so traces of humanity or to alter humanity in such a way that I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it to be the same defini- definition of humanity as we have it.
2: Yeah.
0: Do
1: you feel like we're, um, this is going real big, but do you feel like we're at kind of a shift point in human history?
0: It's. I've been playing with that idea. And I don't know, I... I hope so. Um I, I really hope so in in a lot of ways. And uh you know, with uh with some of the hermits and recluses that I do know and occasionally communicate with and visit when I have the chance, uh they there there's some of them definitely have this feeling that something is about to shift or is in the beginning stages of shifting and that I don't know that makes me that makes me really hopeful and uh well, I that's but it's not
1: necessarily a positive uh sh- shift shift point
0: right Yeah it's not necessarily a positive one but despite despite trying to pretend that I'm a a pessimistic asshole I I'm, I'm really an optimist at heart who's just cool. trying to hide sensitivity Cool um,
1: I'm glad to hear and,
0: that yeah. And so I I really I mean I I really think that it's I really think that it will be a good change when it comes. Um I mean I think despite like all all that we can rag on society and the the definite problems in it I I think that in the past like 50 years there's been a lot to a lot of steps forward to identify humans as humans, no matter like their own beliefs, their mm. color. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's been a shift forward, and yeah, uh, there's definitely still a lot of walls between people, but I, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that more and more it's it's seen less. You know that it's yeah it's uh, that we really begin to value people for people. And my my personal opinion is. Um, and this maybe comes from my, excuse me, maybe this comes from my fascination with yoga and some other things. But uh, my, my biggest thing is, you know, that people really need to take the time to slow down a bit again, at least when they're at home, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And, uh, slow down and enjoy a meal with someone you love or even someone you don't know to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know I've always it's one of the biggest things that I've taken from the culture here that I really enjoy punctuality is not valued at all um, which took some getting getting used to that again but it's it's definitely like it's it's completely for the most part it's completely acceptable to say you know well I I was late to uh, I was late because I was with some friends and we needed to finish a discussion you know and yeah. it's it's completely acceptable it. Um, I just have to remember, you know, when I go out to meet some friends at a cafe, I usually leave about an hour after we've agreed to meet, and then if I get there like an hour and fifteen minutes late, I'm still quite often the first one to be there. <laughs> um,
1: but that's uh, the idea of like things take their their time, and you you, you can't yeah. force your ag- agenda.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. um, and that's I mean that's that's absolutely awesome and while like the while the decadence of europe is sometimes like scorned by the you know good american protestant work ethic i there's something i think you know enough of some of the artsy work that i've done that i i really value the dining experience i think Mm -hmm. it's really who we are as people to share to share a meal Mm -hmm. share that to share the cooking of it the eating and the whole process is really important um and so i think that you know making time for that again you know yeah like fuck the drive through at Wendy's. like unless you just unless you really have to have that like saturated fat
1: 2 a.m on a saturday on a sunday morning you know
0: yeah then you gotta Uh, have
1: those nuggets
0: I mean, ah, I'm I'm more of a spicy chicken man myself. Oh, but like man, those are good. Sandwich. Yes. Oh.
1: And the frosties um,
0: are great too. Yeah. Oh frosties are, <laughs> are and then we can't we can't get on this track though. I don't have no, access.
1: I love what you're saying, man. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, the meal is a perfect metaphor for it. Um, yeah. but kind of finding that in everything, finding the space and the stillness within everything to kind of, you know, connect to your heart, kind of check in with yourself and, and your, your state and, 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 and plan accordingly. And, and, and it's okay to be late. It's okay to cancel, you know, it's, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think that, yeah, really, really, the you know it's the quality over quantity argument and so it's I think it's better to have pure high quality action than a bunch of, you know, random five minute conversations and passing or
2: yeah. to have
0: shallow I hate small talk, maybe because I'm really bad at it. I absolutely yeah. hate small talk. Yeah, so, it can be rough. The like it it's this you know, to avoid to avoid this sort of surface and just writing riding the waves and to actually like get down to the nitty gritty. Like I really, I really want that. And, yeah. uh, it's important. Well, um, one
1: last, uh, or sorry, did you have something else?
0: Just, just the, one of the, one really quick, one of the cool, so there's, there's in the Kazakh language, there's, def, there's, um, one of the words, probably my favorite word. And I'm, I'll do my best to pronounce it, but it's, um, it's called dust and so it's this, this concept and this idea that, so they have a separate word for like the actual table you eat at, but mm-hmm. this is the concept of, um, of the table, but of the table, but it, it's of the table, but the word encompasses the idea of like the, the people around it, the conversation, mm. the time that you spend at it. Oh, and so it's. I
1: love that.
0: Yeah, and it's one of actually one of my favorite things that I've learned here. Um, and so, like th- this, it's a just this sense of it's the entire experience. It encompasses, yes. it makes the table the focal point for the entire experience. And it's What awesome. is it? Dastahan. da
1: Can you is it? Can you spell it in English
4: letters?
0: Uh, I can come close, maybe. So like D A S T R A H A N something like that. Dude, that's
1: what I wrote down. I apparently speak Kazakh.
0: Well, there. <laughs> um,
1: I'm in no I'm in no hurry. By the way, how are, how are you doing on on time?
0: I've got. Ah, uh, actually, if you can give me just a moment, I've got a. I promise to give my neighbor something. If you can give me just two or three minutes, maybe five, six minutes. Yeah. Uh, I've got to drop over just to my neighbors to give him some papers he asked for. Okay. Um, and other than that, and maybe give me a few minutes and I'll be back in just a few.
1: Great. And then we we could, we'll just wrap it up.
0: All right. Sounds great.
1: Brilliant. Talk to you soon.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation. Uh, now I'm going to play for you the, audio clip from the new movie Privet Warrior which opens in select theatres this summer.
4: The Privet is a fast-growing plant with round leaves. We will not let it destroy our dreams any longer. It is time to fight. Gentlemen, we ride at dawn. Those who have the courage and the strength will go with me to the very perimeter of the yard where the privets are prevalent. And there we will find them. And though they may disguise their young as clover, we will cast aside their leafy beds and pull them out one by one by one until none of them are left. Beware the medium-sized privets, which look almost exactly like photinia bushes. You will know them by their leaves. You will know them by their leaves. Beware, too, the large privets that have grown to 8, 10, 12 feet and stand tall amongst the photinia bushes, challenging you to yank them out and strain your backs. If you have not the courage to face them, leave them for me. For I will draw on these large privets, with the fullness of my strength and experience, planting both feet firmly on either side and grasping low at the base of the plant and pulling backwards hard, if I cannot extract the privet I will leave it, and we will let it grow until it becomes old and withered and alone with none of its comrades to see it die. And one day, my friends, one day, though it may not be in our lifetimes. Our children will know a land where there are no privets, where there are only 14 bushes around the perimeter of their property, which have nice white flowers. Gentlemen, we ride at dawn.
1: John. Hello again. Successful uh, trip down the hall. Yeah, yeah. Delivered, delivered the papers.
0: Everything's. You're not, of
1: of you're not giving away American
0: secrets, are you? I mean, not, not really. <laughs> that helps the echo. Yeah. There. He just, thinks, um, he just thinks they're secrets. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, I, I I unfortunately don't think I know any great American secrets, so I don't have any valuable currency to uh, to trade for state secrets here. So. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. Well, I have a couple a couple questions for you to kind of wrap it up.
0: Absolutely. Shoot.
1: If you could go back in time to a particular era. Um where would you go?
0: Mm. Um
1: a particular city at a certain time or
0: yeah. I Let's see. It's a difficult one. There's definitely there's a part of me that definitely wants to um definitely wants to like go back to this sort of like this the romanticized medieval image, but then I know enough about the actuality to realize it'd be pretty miserable. Um, Do you watch like,
1: Game of Thrones? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So um I there's there's part of me that would be really intrigued by that. Um yeah. but I yeah. I definitely like I would shamelessly want to be nobility. Um Yeah. And yeah, the odds of, of that are, uh, yeah, the odds of that are pretty low. No one wants um, to
1: go back and be a peasant. Jesus.
0: Yeah, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> uh, so the, um, but other, other than that, I think it would be, um, I, I honestly think it would be pretty awesome to be like, to be like the we you mentioned before, and we talked a little bit the other day about like that the Hemingway era of like yeah. Paris. And, Paris and Berlin, like in the nice. early 1920s, and yes. that's like that would be. I think it would just be absolutely awesome. Yep. Um. Exactly. So I think that you know, just maybe just civilized enough to uh to be bearable for the modern the modern man. Um. Yeah. But that it, yeah. I think that that time and maybe it's over romanticized as well. But like great music. You know, the jazz scene was really thriving then, and mm. great music, great art. And Paris and Berlin were sort of these, you know, that interim period where they were just these great hotspots for art and yeah. you know, and everything. So I think that that would be an absolutely awesome experience.
1: Cool. Uh, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would it be <laughs> like?
0: All right. Um, well, it, first of all, it would, it would have to be, it would have to be called, uh, it would have to be called the Gertie. Of, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a nickname I got from the, at the coffee shop, bookstore, stained glass studio, extravaganza I worked at during college. Would it be spelled um,
1: like birdie with a G or would it be spelled like the hurdy uh, Ger- gertie?
0: Uh, gertie, gertie g uh it could be it could go it could be with a g g i or g u yeah. um yeah and uh it, so it and then why yeah why at the end okay. i i'm not a big fan of the i e i don't know why but i just don't don't really like that yeah um uh, so i i i <laughs> it's an odd thing to dislike but there it is. <laughs> Um, Actually, but, I don't
1: know. I might, I might have to take that back. I'm thinking about girls' names, and I don't mind the IE so much.
0: Yeah, I guess it, it has its place. I guess, but for, you know, just, a
1: girl and a sandwich—it's two different
0: things. Yeah, but you know, women should make sandwiches, right? <laughs> i do not um, going with that at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> uh, horrible, horrible. horrible. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Um, so it's but, called the Gertie. It's called it's called the Gertie. Uh-huh. It's definitely it's got a like um it, it would definitely be like on a sort of some sort of whole grain bread mm-hmm. with like bits of some seed or something in it. Like and a roll uh, or a
1: slice bread. Ah, uh,
0: uh, I would I would think a, a slice bread because like the roll is a bit too big to like comfortably eat. You know, you yes. all got to smoosh it down, and it's yeah. not doesn't really work out well um so it would it would be on some whole grain bread um there would be there would be some pesto going on i'm a big fan of the pesto on sandwiches um i would i let's see some pesto maybe a bit of prosciutto some sort of sharp spunky cheese either like a I could go for I could go for like a maybe a creamy goat cheese, like Ooh. smeared pesto on the bottom, some creamy goat cheese on top Ooh. um on the top side of that bread. Um and other than that, I'm not a big fan of lettuce and all that, but I, I like so maybe some red onion slices, a bit of spinach, mm-hmm. uh, um maybe yeah. some prosciutto just to yeah. keep things interesting. Yeah, well, um, you
1: gotta have some meat in there. Well, you don't, but
0: I you like don't. My but sandwich. Yeah, so some prosciutto to keep things interesting. Me, uh, some prosciutto, some pastrami. Oh. Um, what else? Prosciutto pastrami.
1: That pretty good to me.
0: And I, I feel like it needs some other something else to really give it some life. But Moose cock? I'm not sure. How? Moose cock.
1: Moosecock? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, um, no, it's not your.
0: No, no, <laughs> I, it's not what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I I'm a big fan of. Let's see. Maybe maybe some some sort of olives could really it it oh, get that okay. bit of sort of vinegar. Yeah, it'd get a little bit of that vinegar kick in it. So yeah. maybe olives just to round out that. Flavor profile. Um, probably Kalamata. I'm a big fan of the Kalamata olive. Okay. Sliced thinly. And I, I think that I'm pretty happy with that sandwich. Sounds delicious. I'd eat it. Every bit of it. All righty. Um, uh,
1: yeah. Last one. Okay. Well, maybe not last one, but one of the last ones. Uh, artists, if you could, you know, that classic, if you could have a conversation with a, an artist from the past. Or from the present,
0: yeah. Um, let's see. It's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I. So I would. So I. I've had this maybe for the last year. I I got an audio. I got an audio book of Just Kids. Um, it's written by Patty Smith and uh she she actually narrates this the edition i have as well um and so it's about her relationship and uh her relationship and dynamic with robert maplethorpe and maplethorpe i find him intriguing and compelling in a lot of different lights um i think and, you know definitely his his own person um I'll but check just
1: check him out i've never heard of him
0: oh really yeah it you'll it, be a surprise for you. Have have fun with that. Is he a painter? Uh, photographer He did some painting, some collage and installation work, but I think he's famous or infamous maybe for his uh, photography work. Um, cool. And uh, I I think that uh, meeting them together would be a really interesting dynamic. Cool. Uh, um,
1: I hope one of our listeners knows who those people are, and they're like,
0: yes, I, yes, yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they do know who it is. Um, someone, someone out there. Some, has oh, to. absolutely. Um, well, this goes pa- on
1: into the future, so maybe not right now, but someone was going to listen to this in well down the line in the future, and and they'll know.
0: All right, right on. Yeah, and Patty Smith is like a punk rock sort of. She's got a feminist leaning punk rock that's hmm. uh, that's really really fun and really. Just like, just really strong. She was a, she, she is, she's actually still alive, as far as I know. Um, but poet and musician and, uh, those two together, I feel like their dynamic was just, the way she relates it is really powerful and interesting. And this sort of, their relationship and how they understood each other and how they supported each other is really awesome. Um, and so I would, I would like to, you know, not, not just sit down with them, but like to really, to get to know them over the space of a month or a couple of months um well other than fantasy
1: you can do that
0: oh awesome yeah um so there's that and other than that there's a uh one of the artists who polly ann put me on to um who's maybe not quite so well known but uh put me on to when I first got serious about ceramics and gave me an assignment to really research him um over one winter break uh Robert Chapman Turner he was a uh he was a conscientious objector from the draft in World War 2 I think it's got yeah it's got to be World War 2 mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh so and he really for me a really compelling um Really compelling person in his work, um, in the letters I've read. The Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, uh, world History archives actually has a really awesome in-depth interview about him, his life, and has some, a collection of letters and, uh, cool. collection, collection of letters and stuff. And quite, quite unplanned the winter I spent researching him. I ended up, uh, where he spent part of his service, uh, as a conscientious, conscientious object, objector, uh, to the draft and the war. Um, the government instead sent him to do different, uh, different sort of work with, um, different work. And, uh, one of the places he ended up was where I was staying for the winter. Um, uh, he worked at a mental hospital, uh, an wow. institute in Pownall, Maine, which is outside of, it's outside of Portland a bit, um, close to the home of LL Bean, actually the outdoor car. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, and my, my aunt lives, my aunt lives down the road from the, down the road of ways, maybe, you know, five, 10 minutes by car from where the site of this mental hospital was. And so I got this, I found this collection of letters while I was, while I was there that winter and was able to read this collection of letters in the clo- really close to the environment where they cool. were written at. That's
1: awesome.
0: Um yeah, it it is. It it really was. Um and really solidified my decision, sorta of, to commit to the arts on a huh. broader scheme. And um but his his work uh he was working and uh he was working and producing stuff in the same time as, you know, some bigger names like Volcus and, uh, sort of Volcus and Pollock. And while they were doing this, like, really machoistic, expressionistic mm-hmm. work, he was making these really awesomely quiet and powerful, mm-hmm. uh pieces. But at the same time, pushing material to the point, really to its stretching point, um... But there is, there is a very quiet sense of ego, I guess, from my understanding and looking at his work, quite a quiet and confident sense of self and ego, cool. where he would, he would work with something and really push this idea. But if, if something collapsed or didn't work out, it was this very accepting sense of, ah, well, that's how it is. And I'll try again and hmm. get it, get it right the next time or the time after that. It's just this, Awesome, awesome perspective and uh a really really good writer. Um mm-hmm. and the way he talks about the way he talks about the world and uh the lack of this he him seeing it as too industrialized and needing to establish a stronger sense of human connection.
1: Yeah, nice. um, I that's before World War Two.
0: Yeah, these this one the one the one letter I'm thinking of right now I think was just after. Oh okay. Um, but talking about, um, talking about, you know, trying to find, trying to find his own sense of way to contribute. And that's still something I go back to a lot and think about. Um, Hmm. that, that need to not just realize that there's a problem, but somehow be actively involved in the solution. It's something that motivates me and inspires me and pushes me a lot to, uh, try to, Emulate that in some some yeah. degree.
1: Did you get the sense he was he felt like his art was was part of that?
0: Yeah, um, I I really do. Um, he so his art was part of that. He worked as a teacher, um, and I he worked as a teacher some and was mm-hmm. involved in some different projects. And I feel like uh, that all that all contributed to really um, to really coming together and making making this sense of uh, this contribution and trying to really be a peaceful warrior for uh, a peaceful warrior for human connection and true humanity.
1: Sounds like quite a dude.
0: Yeah, I'm fond of him.
1: sure is nice to uh, read letters or writings from people, artists, and then it makes you appreciate their work so much more.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I've still, I've added, I've added this, well, I have mixed feelings about Hemingway as an individual and he's sort of that machoistic sort of chauvinist that, uh, that some, I have some issues coming to terms with. I, I definitely respect his writing and what he contributed to American writing in particular. And so I've added, I've added that list of letters or that collection of letters that you're, currently reading to my list and i hope cool. to hope to get to them this summer maybe cool do
1: you have a spreadsheet for your reading list
0: i have i i don't have a spreadsheet one of my sketchbooks has a pretty it has a pretty nice. intense list i am still i appreciate technology but I, I i i like the reality of pen and paper um,
1: well also you don't want google to know what you're reading or what you're planning on reading
0: yeah, you know, then they'll make all sorts of recommendations and try to <laughs> <laughs> try to create some sort of dossier about who I am and what what I am, and they've got enough they've got enough information from my email for that, uh, so they don't nothing, need anything nothing more. Nothing
1: worse than like than like seeing one of those tailor made ads or recommendations pop up and like actually being like, oh, I I really do want that, or like. Just like, yeah. realizing that they
4: nailed it.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely have a feeling of I I've like sort of get out of my head. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where I I have a love hate relationship with technology. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's good.
3: Well,
1: gosh, John, this sure was fun.
0: Absolutely, it was. I, I, I've gotta be honest, I had a little bit of trepidation coming into it. I didn't know if I'd live up to the to the standard, but it was, you know, awesome, awesome conversation and yeah. you know, reminds me of the Chautauqua a little bit and some of the ramblings from that. So it was yeah. awesome and a great way to start my Friday morning. Good. What are
1: you what are you looking forward to in your day today?
0: Well, I've I've got just I've got just three classes to teach this afternoon, starting okay. about one thirty
2: uh-huh.
0: so I'll finish up about four thirty and uh Friday afternoons, I usually go to the supermarket and a couple other little shops so I'll pick up pick up some a few groceries and things and then probably I've got no major plans, but uh probably I'll get down and try out try to throw together some sort of soup this evening and see how that works out nice. and uh Probably listen to some music and do some sketching and, uh, nothing, nothing big, nothing exciting, just uh, a quiet evening at home.
1: Yeah. Well, you're talking to the man who, who does that a lot. (laughs) 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 You can appreciate a quiet evening at home.
0: Absolutely. It's undervalued, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope to, uh, get to do one of these in person with you, uh, Maybe in the second half of this year of our Lord, twenty fourteen.
0: That would be phenomenal. Yeah, it would absolutely be great. Um, maybe we can. It would be awesome if we could get the uh, the Tuesday night crew together for I some know. sort of
2: that some is, sort
0: of debacle.
1: That is a goal, and and I think on Skype, it's it's uh, it's a challenge to do three or four ways. But in person, I think it's much more doable, and it'd be super fun.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Well I'll be I'll be stateside for a few months for sure and Great. Um hopefully we can get something sorted out with that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Man. All right, Gabe. It's been an honor, sir. I look forward to hearing the other hearing the stories from the other folks you wrangle into doing this. Yeah. And uh take care.
1: You too, John. Well there you have it. John Moses Girdler. Isn't he great? Thank you, John, for doing the podcast, and thank you, you, yes, you, for listening to the podcast. I do hope that you enjoyed it. I'm going to have links to some of those people that John talked about at the end of the episode on the uh, blog post that corresponds to this episode, so you can find out more about uh, Harlan Ellison and Patty Smith and Robert Mablethorpe. Uh, I'll have to do a little research myself, which will be good. And then, um, what else? Oh, th- I'll, thank you. Gosh. <laughs> I'm really tired <laughs> still. I didn't sleep while that podcast was going. I ate dinner, but that didn't make me any less tired. In fact, it may have made me more tired. That and the slow inevitable advancement of time there are just a couple other things i want to tell you i want to say thank you to uh the privet warrior movie for sponsoring the podcast i want to tell you that if you like the podcast uh and you want to support us support me support me making the podcast please visit gabe com forward slash support there's also a link there for you to rate and review the podcast on itunes which is a free way to provide support i'd be much obliged all right folks be sure to look out for the kentucky roots episode to find out about john moses girdler as a little boy growing up in the south um going to church and uh hunting coons and lying in his hammock and playing dungeons and dragons um and until then just thank you so much for listening and and i'm gonna leave you with a song this is me on the guitar this is last night i i really thought i was in a great guitar mood and Recorded a bunch of songs, or recorded the same song over and over and over, and then recorded another song. It turns out the very first recording was the best, which is often the case. I'm not saying it's great, but it is free for me to use it. And uh, this song is called Mexico, and it's by Cake.
3: I had a match, and she had a lighter. I had a flame, and she had a fire. And I was bright, and she was much brighter. I was high, and she.